It's great to be here with you today on our podcast, His Heartbeat, a ministry of Crown of Beauty International, where your questions about life's challenges are explored through God's Word so He can renew and restore us in the truth of His love. His Heartbeat for you. Let's get started. Here's our host and good friend, Sue Coral. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's podcast, His Heartbeat. I'm excited to have Nancy back with us, and we're doing part two, a continuation of last week, mm-hmm. but I believe she's going to interview me here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so last week we looked at the question, how on earth do we go deeper in our love relationship with Jesus? We talked more about some practical suggestions, what that would look like, spending time together, trying different things, going on hikes, things like that, having date nights, practicing vulnerability, practicing the art of conversation. And today, the purpose of this episode was to go deeper with some of those heart-level questions and things in our hearts like, what is hindering me from going closer to Jesus? I want to be closer. I want to be more intimate, but I just feel like there's a disconnect. And so, Sue, today I'd really love to cover perhaps what are some of the lies that we're believing about our relationship with Jesus, about him, about ourselves, and how do we find healing and uh, restoration in those places so that we can go deeper with him. Yeah, for sure. I think that lies that we believe about ourselves and about God and our relationship with him definitely affects our intimacy with the Lord. So starting with lies about ourself, if I feel that I'm not worthy or I'm unforgivable, I may not want to come into the presence of God, or when I do, I feel so much guilt Mm. that I can't experience love with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Where that comes from, it goes back. All the lies really go back typically all the way back to our childhood. Because when we're a kid, when lies come our way, either they're said by others or we deduce them from what our situation is, then we develop this belief system inside of us because we can't really fight the lie. We're not able to discern that. Mm -hmm. So to give you an example of that, if my parents are so busy that they never have time, you know, they're always at work. So they may love me, but they're just so busy that they don't know what's going on in my life. They have a lot of stress because of it. And as a result, when I don't do my homework or do the chores or whatever I was asked to do and I don't do it and they get really angry and I told you to do that, you know, you're just making my life so difficult now. Don't I have enough stress in my life without having to worry about my child at home not even doing their homework? You know, that kind of thing. I think that's not unusual. It's Mm -hmm. really hard. But what that can do is when the same parent is saying, God loves you, or at church they say it, or wherever you hear God loves you, then you think about what your understanding of love is. And your understanding of love is if I do everything right, if I do all my chores and I do my homework and I do everything my parents say, then my parents will love me and Mm -hmm. they'll delight in me and they'll be happy. But if I don't, they're going to be really mad. And also they're going to tell me that 
it's my fault that mm. they're so miserable. Mm. So then we equate that or project that onto God. And so even as we become an adult and we go to church and at church they say, oh, God loves you, you know, and you read the Bible passages about it, you're reading it through this certain grid. Mm. It's like wearing colored glasses. Yeah. That's because your concept of love is developed from your childhood. Mm -hmm. It's hard to change that. I don't know if you want me to mention like how we can begin to change that. Well, first, before you do, I'm just kind of hearing how when we're believing this lie, often those lies and the ones that go to the deepest you mentioned are in our childhood years when we're unable to recognize them as lies. It then colors how we experience God. Right. And it colors like how we see ourselves. Can you mention before we kind of jump into the healing aspect of these things? Like, how do you think that affects our behaviors, how we treat people, how we treat ourselves? Do our behaviors give us some insight into maybe some of the lies that we could be wrestling with? Yeah, for sure. So even in that example, it can cause somebody, you know, they start going to church and they want to please God. So every time the pastor, whoever up front says, oh, we need someone to work with the youth. Oh, we need somebody to clean the church. Oh, we need, you know, there's all these needs. Mm -hmm. And they feel like, oh, I better sign up for that because it's going back to the, I have to do all my homework, I have to do all the chores, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. And so they feel they need to do this in order for God to be pleased with them. And if when they don't, let's say they're just getting really exhausted because they've got another life going on of working full time and caring for a family or whatever, then they start feeling angry even at God or at the people who are asking them to do this and feel like it's not fair. And it, it can go a couple ways. It either can lead to burnout because they just keep trying to do it. And I mean, seriously burnout and panic attacks and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or it can go to being angry at God and I want nothing to do with him, which actually might have happened with their parents as they got mm-hmm. older. Like, mm-hmm. I can't please you no matter what I do. So we alienate ourselves from them. And mm-hmm. I think it does mm-hmm. push people away from God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they feel like he's this big meanie in the sky. And they might never say it because there's no Bible verse to Mm -hmm. support that. But they feel it and they might feel awkward that they feel that and just stop going to church, stop being fellowship, stop spending time with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Even as you were talking, I thought of something for myself. I often, when I feel like my capacity is being overextended, I can start to become indifferent to things because it's like, I just can't care about all of this. It can, I think, become negative sometimes where I'm just that I feel indifferent. And instead of maybe like saying, okay, let me just revisit my priorities and like have a time and a place when I can care about that. But it's more like a positive, healthy sort of way and healthy sort of response opposed to just like, I'm indifferent. So that's that's just a personal way. My behaviors can tell me like, oof, we need to kind of visit that. (laughs) Yeah. Another biggie is if um, the person as a child, they had some trauma happen. 
they felt alone and vulnerable and mm. unprotected unsafe, in that. Yeah. Yeah, not safe. Yeah. So as they get older and you start reading all these verses and learning at church how God will take care of you and just pray and he'll protect you, that person might have, in fact, I was counseling someone this past week who's just like, I don't even get the point of prayer. And so they might really struggle with that. They, another thing it can lead to is self-dependent rather than God-dependent. Mm -hmm. Because if as a child, let's say a parent died, and so you had to become the one who was taking care of your sibling, and maybe even you know, cleaning the house or really taking a lot of responsibility, then as you get older, it's ingrained in you that I can take care of myself. I can do this. Yeah. And when you become a Christian and you're told to surrender everything to him and yield to him and ask him about everything, Lord, I want to trust you. Give me power to do this. But it was ingrained in you from the time you're a child that, you no, know, don't depend on others, depend on yourself. In fact, I think a lot of people even will quote this phrase and say, now the Bible says, and it doesn't say it. God helps the one who helps oh, God himself. Helps, yeah, God Something helps the one who like helps that. himself. That is not a Bible verse, but I hear a lot of people say it and even think, oh, it must be from the Bible. And it's the opposite. The opposite is that I'm to yield and surrender myself to God and trust that he and depend on him to give me the strength, the courage, the wisdom, the power, you know, all the things that I need to get through something. Yeah. And I think the key word there's dependency because often from when I've heard people use that saying, or I'm just assuming it's kind of saying, Hey, you can't be lazy. You can't just stay home all day and lie on the couch and expect things to happen like God helps the one who helps themselves and like gets out there and does it and we can hear the logic in that like yes we are not called to be sluggards yeah. we're called to work heartily as unto the Lord however whatever we're doing it's a dependent spirit upon God who's the one who produces the fruit and gives us the strength to work and all of these things yeah so what we're seeing is that at the heart of a lot of our struggles, emotional or even behaviors that we're trying to change, there can and usually is related a lie, either about ourself or about God himself or about how he relates to us. Yeah. And I think, see, that feeds so well into the question of like, how do we have our love relationship with the Lord? And then what we're talking about right now, what are some of the lies and the things at work that hinder that? Because when I am reading scripture or I'm in my community group or at church or whatever, and someone says, you know, a passage that does seem just so simple. And it's almost like you feel this expectancy that you should know how to do that. And you should know what that looks like. Oh, yeah. When you were saying, you know, maybe you grew up having to depend on yourself and having to be independent. And now you hear like, depend on God. And it's like everyone around you around you is like, amen, like, yes, that's what we do. And inside you're like, I have no idea what that means. Instead of feeling shame for that or guilt, we can invite the Lord and other people who are wise into that to say, hey, I think I'm struggling with a lie here. 
I just really don't know what it means to depend on God. Can you help me, yeah. you know, work through this? And I think in that case, you're going to see that person, or if it's you right now, you're talking about have a lot of fear mm. and helping them to identify that I'm afraid to let go mm. because when I didn't do it as a kid, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. I didn't throw the food in the microwave, my brother and I didn't eat. Yeah. If I didn't clean the house, my mother would beat me yeah. or she'd come home and felt like she had a nervous breakdown over it. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. these traumatic things happen. Mm -hmm. And so to now come to that place in our life where I just lay myself down and surrender to his control is really scary. Yeah. So in the vein of this example, Sue, can you talk about how do we process, how do we engage with these things? How do we practice truth when it feels like the lie is so true? And thankfully, this is not my story. So we're just speaking this example. But if I didn't do something, you know, my brother and I didn't eat. That was true. So what, like, what do I do with that? Yeah. How? And we're talking a little bit about trauma as well. And in trauma, we have to rewire. And in any lie that we've walked in or any painful thing in our past, we need to literally rewire our brain because our brain, our nervous system set up to learn, it learns. And it's even a little separate from our thoughts, but our thoughts can impact our nervous system, okay? So I think this, and my nervous system says, okay, run in this situation or react in this situation, do it this way to protect yourself, mm -hmm. okay? So what God's word says in Romans 12, 1, is that I need to renew my mind mm. and then I will be transformed mm -hmm. by the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so that whole word transform there actually is the Greek word that if you look at it, says metamorphosis. It's like metamorphi. I don't know how you say it in Greek, but it's that idea of what we learned in biology class of the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. It's mm -hmm. a total transformation. Mm -hmm. And he says it comes by renewing, mm -hmm. and it's a continuous verb, a continually doing that, continually renewing my mind with God's word. And so before I had to do everything because in some of the examples I've given, dad wasn't around you know, or both parents weren't around or both parents weren't capable of doing that. And so I had to do it. But now I can know that God is around. So I could look at a piece of the scripture like Psalm 34 mm -hmm. that talks about fear. And it says not to fear that the angel of the Lord encamps around me mm -hmm. and he'll deliver me. Fear not for those that fear him as opposed to fearing my situation, right? Mm -hmm. Lack nothing. And it, it, the whole psalm talks about that for every situation in life, actually. There are ways that God has communicated to us through his word mm -hmm. 
that show us the character of God, the truth about God. And so what I want to do is renew my mind in that. Mm -hmm. So example in my own life was being born as a cleft palate, which if y'all haven't heard that story, go back to the very first episode and I tell that story. But facing rejection every day from people and also having to be in the hospital for 26 operations (laughs) over 15 years, Mm. I really had a lot of wounds and scars from that. And one of them was I came to the conclusion that God must have made a mistake when he created me. Mm. I responded in ways in my behavior that were harmful to me by rejecting myself, by being fearful of what boys would say, of them teasing, so I put up walls to men. And I had a lot of problems, you know. And as far as with God, I didn't take it out on God, but I have to say I didn't have as much intimacy with him because God is personified in a man's image, Mm -hmm. right? And so it was hard for me to feel safe and completely close to him. But as time went on, as I got a little older and grew and began to realize that God's word is God's word Mm -hmm. (laughs) and whatever he says is true, So I came on that passage in Psalm 139, 14, that I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. And I finally decided I have to stop rejecting this because it's true. And in Genesis, it says I'm created in God's image. And so I began to meditate on that and every day renew my mind in that and thank him and thank you, God, that I'm created in your image and that you're beautiful. And thank you, God, that you didn't forget, but you fearfully and wonderfully created me and that you have a purpose and you've counted every hair of my head and you made me this way for my good and for the good of others. And so it took a lot of work. I couldn't just instantaneously say that word and okay I'm fine now you know but every day just renewing myself and there's other scriptures that I found about him being the potter or me being the clay Mm -hmm. and how God works all things together for good and in Ephesians 2 10 there's another passage that talks about how he's created me and that he has a plan and a purpose in that and so as you begin to daily feed your mind, uh, really focusing, specifically focusing on that particular characteristic of God or characteristic about who you are or characteristic about how he relates to you, you're to relate to him, then you're rewiring your brain. Mm. You really are. And it will begin to impact your nervous system. And so you'll start having different responses and you'll also be able to make different decisions. So I really saw that miracle where literally the brothers in our fellowship were coming up and saying, what happened to you? Something's different. Did you like fall in love or something? I'm like, yeah, with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I go, what do you mean? He said, I don't know. You're just more gentle and nice and different. And I praise God for that. So that wasn't something I even had to think, okay, how should I react around Ryan? How do I walk? What do I say? I didn't have to. He changed my heart. Mm -hmm. And as he changed my heart, it naturally overflowed into how I reacted and responded and behaved towards others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And I personally just really appreciate the language in Romans 12 that says the renewal 
of our minds because it's our hearts and I'm a heart person. So I love that the Lord God moves towards us with his heart. And there's just so much heart throughout scripture, but our human hearts are fickle, you know, and they're so prone to our emotions and to how we feel and truth can't be dependent on how we're feeling that day because often we will believe a lie based on our feelings instead of truth but that the lord says it's the renewal of your mind and like you just said sue as you experience that the renewal of your mind and the rewiring and the healing in that it it sunk down to your heart and to a heart place where these actions come out of that heart that's full of truth Can you talk about how do we, you just touched on it, but how do we experience healing through truth? Like, what does it look like? Yeah, so I think as we see ourselves differently, with that, I want to talk about our identity in Christ. So there's so many passages, and the New Testament especially is really full of, of talking about how we're a holy priest in First uh, Peter, mm-hmm. is that right? Two nine, two yeah. nine and ten. I always mix up if it's first or second, but you believe it's first. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So First Peter, don't want to lead you guys astray here. Uh, two nine and ten just talks about a lot of things about our identity that we are holy in his eyes, right? That we are a priest, which means that we have a special calling to represent him, that we bring people into the light, right? That we are chosen. So there's so many special things throughout the New Testament to talk about who we are. And we come to realize how valuable we are. We, We see that we're forgiven, We see that in his eyes, we're holy. We see that we have calling as ambassadors for Christ. We see that we are new creations. The old has passed away. We don't have to dwell on what we were or the mistakes that we made. Mm -hmm. But on the newness, it does cause us to fall more in love with, with Jesus and with God the Father. Because if I know that somebody adores me, And there's a ton of scripture about how God delights in us, for example, then I want to be around them, right? And it makes me feel good. And one time I did a a word search of the word delight, discovered that there's 26 words in the Bible for delight, all with a different meaning. And it, it talks about how God favors us, he chooses us, how We are special to him, that we're the object of his delight, his affection. Uh, He has feelings of joy when he's around us. Mm. So who doesn't want to be around somebody like that? Mm. You know, I know with my daughter, oh my goodness, I get so excited every time that we can be together. And my favorite thing to do, which she didn't do last time, and so I made her do it, <laughs> is that when I would see each other, she would run across the road or the yard and jump up into my arms. <laughs> Fortunately, she weighs like 25 pounds less than me. And and wrap herself around me, and we'd hug each other. And she didn't do it last time because she was exhausted. She just had a long work time. But 
was like, no, 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 you can't greet me that way. But I love it because it's saying, mom, I just adore you. And I'm so excited every time I get to be around you. And when I read scripture, I discover that. Mm. In fact, I spent three years studying Isaiah, especially the second half, and discovered that God has words after words after words of saying how much he adores me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you just said, if we know the love that God has for us, of course we want to be in yeah. that love and in that place with him. Yeah, so just to wrap it up, I mean, that's what I'd say is that we want to learn more and more what's true about us, Mm -hmm. what's true about God, Mm -hmm. what's true about how he relates to us. And the more that we know all those things and the more that we are honest with Mm ourselves, we look back at our life and we see lies that were developed that we believed and we reject them in prayer and we begin to change that story in our head and replace it with what God says is really true. As we do that, we find such a beautiful freedom and a deeper love for God. Amen, yeah. And it just reminds me, like, we have to know the Word of God. And so, especially in those areas where we're struggling and believing the lies, we have to find this the scriptures that speak to those things. And in context, let's always try to keep scripture in context, but we really have to be good stewards of God's word because that's where the freedom is found. And that's where the healing is found because the word is alive and active. You know, the word is Jesus. It's a person. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, great. Well, thanks so much. We're out of time, but I think uh, we've learned a lot in these last two sessions. And if you didn't get to hear part one, those who are listening, go back to last week and Mm -hmm. you'll hear it. But looking forward to more questions to come. Bring them on, all of you out there. And any comments that you want to make are always helpful for us. Yeah, we really appreciate all you. And I hope that we're a blessing to you as you all are a blessing to us. All Mm -hmm. right. God bless you and have a great week. Thank you for being a part of our community and tuning in. We would love to hear from you. Submit your own questions or comment on today's episode on the Crown of Beauty International Facebook group or email us at crownofbeautyinternational at gmail.com. Push that subscribe button and leave us a review. Come back next Thursday as we go deeper into his heartbeat.